Hello, and welcome to the Adventure Within Reason podcast, episode 7. This is Kelly. Hey everybody, this is David. And we are so excited to talk to you today about fan favorite park, William O'Brien. William O'Brien State Park was established in 1945 after the daughter of a very wealthy lumber baron decided that this area had been sufficiently depleted of of timber resources, (laughs) uh, specifically pine resources, and was gracious enough to gift a large parcel of uh, land holdings to the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources or whatever predecessor was in existence at that time. David's feeling quite sassy tonight. So after 1945, this became, uh, I assume, one of the earlier Minnesota State Parks. Uh, I I don't know specifically. We didn't do do enough research research to know, um, you know, where William O'Brien fell in the uh, the Minnesota State Park chronology. But I assume it was one of the earlier ones because, you know, Kelly, when we normally do one of these episodes, it tends to be uh, the 60s and 70s when a lot of these state parks are officially declared, you know, public lands. So I don't know, maybe one of our listeners can correct us if I'm wrong, but I would assume I'd be willing to, to place a small wager that this is one of the earlier Minnesota State Parks. But but please, if I'm wrong, uh, correct me. We'll send you some swag if you get it right. Well, David, this park is less than an hour northeast of the Twin Cities. And I think partially for that reason, and partially because it's a great park with 16 miles of hiking trails, and with a variety of other things to do that we learned about today, even though we didn't get a chance to do them, this is one of my favorites, and I think that you really love it too. It's definitely a personal favorite of mine. Um, you know, I've only been to about half of the Minnesota State Parks thus far. I'm, I'm kind of creeping up on number 40. I and mean, what is there, 70 overall? I think 72. 72, okay. So, yeah, I'm, but, but this is a park I've been to, uh, as of today, I've been there three times, I guess. And... I think as of today, I've hiked on every trail there. Are there. Is there one I'm forgetting? There are two that we haven't managed to hike on yet. Okay. And those are the Rolling Hills Savannah Trail. Oh, excuse me. There's more than two. The Hardwood Hills Trail. And then the trail that goes near the river that I can't find the name of on the map right now. Yeah. I, I think the stuff near the river is mostly campsites. I could be wrong. But we, we have hiked part of the Hardwood Hardwood Hills Trail, but in any event, what something I like about this park is that it, it largely consists of several loop trails, uh, each of which has uh, one or two ancillary trails. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to get lost, at, I would say, at this park. Yeah, because, you know, if you're walking in a circle, eventually you're going to get back to where you started, mm-hmm. right? So, so in theory, this is a pretty, a, a, like a good starting point, I would say. It, it was my second Minnesota State Park overall in the last year and a half. I've been there, you know, three times. It's, uh, yeah, it, as you said earlier, it's kind of a, a personal favorite. And, you know, I, I have no proof whatsoever for this, but I have surmised that it's kind of a fan favorite among hiking fans <laughs> across the state in general. And, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a member of some of the um, social media group pages devoted to bird watching, devoted to hiking, and it seems like William O'Brien comes up about as much as any other park that I've ever seen brought up. So I, I, I know that's uh, anecdotal, not scientific evidence, but I'm, I'm still going to stick with it and, and assume that this is one of the more popular Minnesota state parks, maybe in part because of its proximity to Stillwater, which is kind of a kind of a quaint historic town that a lot of people like to visit, you know, for like a day trip. You know, there's some... Uh, some cool antique shops and cool restaurants there. I would venture to guess that because of its proximity to 
the Stillwater Minnesota William O'Brien is probably one of the more visited Minnesota state parks. Well, it's definitely a park that we really enjoy going to. And part of the reason I personally enjoy going there is that it shows a variety of Minnesota ecosystems. Prairie, hardwood, and wetlands are all apparent, especially on the hiking club trail for this state park. I feel like their hiking club trail was a little bit longer than some of the other ones we did. I want to say about six miles, and we didn't do it today. We did it back in July on one of our other visits. But it was an amazing trail. Something you should know is that there is a, a significant chunk of that trail that is a prairie overlook trail, which is beautiful, but very hot in the summer. So if you want to do that hiking club trail, we really suggest either going in the spring. Um, I'd wait a few weeks because there's still a pretty significant snowpack on the trails right now uh, in mid-March, which is when we're, we're recording this. But if you really want to make sure that you don't get caught on that prairie trail on a hot day, either go in uh, later spring, fall, or just take an early summer trip, which is something we definitely like to do. Yeah, it's kind of a good general rule that, you know, it's you, you want to avoid the harshest days of winter and the harshest days of summer. Obviously, it kind of goes without saying, but if you want to be out there as often as you can, not just at William O'Brien, but at Minnesota State Parks in general, you know, you kind of have to bite the bullet sometimes. And that means going out there on a hot day, or it means going out there on a very cold day when maybe the trails aren't uh, the most ideal, unless you have uh, trekking poles, right? Which we did not have today. We, we, we've we've kind of learned the, the past few months, we've learned the hard way that... Uh, Buying a pair or two of trekking poles is a worthy of investment and one that we have not currently made. So uh, I don't know, maybe we should start like a GoFundMe and, and, and our listeners can, uh, can, can, help, uh, can help underwrite that so that we can put out more winter hiking episodes. Or you could just leave us a review of your favorite trekking poles on the Facebook page or send one to adventurewithinreason at gmail.com. Or if you own a factory that makes trekking poles, <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah, just get in touch with us and we can work something out. I'm, I'm sure we're, we're, we're very, uh, we're very willing to, to bend our, um, you know, personal politics when it comes to advertising and marketing, uh, if, if we get free stuff out of it. So get in touch if you happen to own a factory somewhere. We are going off the rails here. So let's bring it back <laughs> and talk a little bit about our, what our hike was like today and maybe talk a little bit about, um, what some of our other hikes at William O'Brien have been like. So today we actually ventured out of the main park and went down to the Southern unit, which is off of Broadway street or County highway, County highway four. There are two different parking lots that you can use for this one. And this was really William O'Brien. Like we said, is a popular park and the Southern unit was very quiet this morning. It was mostly being hiked by one or two people who had just walked in from the neighborhood because there were no other cars in the lot this morning. Doing a lot of surmising in this episode, but I would assume or surmise that the Southern trails at William O'Brien State Park are probably the least visited, at least by, you know, by tourists like us. I definitely got the impression that people who live in the, the immediate vicinity of William O'Brien probably use the Southern trails a lot because we saw a lot of dog prints going through the southern trails and a lot of dog droppings which means uh people aren't cleaning up after their dogs but that's a that you know I'll, I'll i'll spare you all that tangent but yeah this is kind of like a little bit off the beaten path uh if, if you're to do the southern trails here 
it's it's there are some great views. It's a it's a great mix of uh, different landscapes and habitats, but it is definitely not like I, I guess what you would call like the focal point of the park, which I was probably like the you know the, the trails we mentioned earlier, like what is it the the woodland edge, the hardwood hills. What are some of the other the other trails like at the, the main center of the park, Kelly? The Prairie Overlook Trail and mm-hmm. the Beaver Lodge Trail are both favorites of ours. Yeah. All great, all great places to visit. Just a little bit south of there, like maybe a, I don't know, like a half mile or maybe three quarters of a mile, um, is the is the area we were in today. Which again, you know, it's late winter. There's still snow and ice on the ground. If if you're gonna you know venture out into Minnesota state parks, learn from our mistake and invest in a pair of uh, trekking poles or at least like a pair of ice grippers that you can put over your boots. But if you're willing to do that, yeah, the, the, all these trails at William O'Brien are very worth your, very worthwhile. You know, as we've said in previous episodes, getting out there and hiking in the winter is not necessarily a bad idea. It's not going to be a waste of your time. Sometimes it's good if, if you know, used to living in the city and, and, and used to the hustle and bustle. It's good just, just to get out of the city for a day or even just a few hours. Be exposed to the, the, you know, the silence that you get being out in the middle of the woods or being out on a prairie trail. So one of the things I really wanted to point out about these southern trails and how wonderful they are is that there's a lot of new growth forest down there. So we walked through, man, we need to get a tree identification (laughs) book or something. All I know is we walked through some conifers uh, that are still, you know, pretty small, maybe eight to ten feet tall. And at one point we walked down a hill and walked through a stand of new birch, and it was honestly one of the most magical experiences of my life. I don't know what it was. It was a a combination of the snow and the sort of sunny blue sky and these very small birch trees. It was just magical. Yeah, it was, uh, I I think, um, I believe it was paper birch trees, if I'm not mistaken. Just large swaths of them, and yeah, clearly the 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 DNR is doing a lot of management of this area and making sure that there are is uh, sufficient tree coverage, <laughs> for lack of a better term, of, of this area. So so definitely lots of new evergreens. Uh, we saw a lot of white pine, a, a lot of paper birch. Yeah, it's um, it looks like they're kind of you know doing the doing the proper work that goes into maintaining a park of this size that, that gets this much traffic. Something else, David, this is from our earlier visit in July. I have been dreaming about the blackberries at this park <laughs> since July. So if you happen to find yourself looking for a great park to go to this summer, and you are also a blackberry fiend like I am, The Hikers Club Trail has a ton, just more blackberry bushes than I have ever seen in one place. And you are allowed to eat blackberries from the trail in the park. It's an okay thing to do. They encourage you to, you know, take some, you know, don't take all, leave some for the creatures that live in the park. But go ahead and snack on some blackberries along the way. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would imagine that the DNR doesn't want you, like, just going there with, like, a, you know a basket and harvesting berries. But, you know, if you're walking the trail, I think no one's going to think less of you for taking a handful of, of wild raspberries or wild blackberries and, and, you know, giving yourself some, some sweet sustenance while, while, while being out there <laughs> along the trail. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not something that is really, as far as I can tell, promoted by the parks. But yeah, from time to time, you're at one of these uh, Minnesota State Parks. You're there at the right time of the year, kind of that three or four month, you know, window. And uh, 
yeah, there's some there's some wild berries you can harvest, and yeah, not not for like bringing back home, but just to just to enjoy while you're out there. Some other interesting things about this park, David, and some things that we haven't been able to take advantage of yet because we didn't realize that they were there to be taken advantage of until this our third visit. That was a heck of a sentence. Anyway, the park itself rents canoes, kayaks, and stand-up paddle boards, and also has a swimming beach, which David and I were talking about for the podcast. We're really excited to check that out this summer. Yeah, remind me. We, we, we've got the map up in front of us, but uh, people listening to this can't see it, obviously. Where is the beach? Is it along the river, or is it along one of the large ponds in the interior of the park? It is on Lake Alice. And if, I don't know, can an estuary be part of, is that a lake and a river? Hey, tell us what an estuary is, and uh, we'll send you a prize pack from a Minnesota State Park. David, anything on the birding front from either this time or any of the other times we've been here? Quiet. um, Definitely a lot of typical winter birds. We saw a lot of chickadees, uh, black-capped chickadees, a lot of cardinals, uh, a, a few red bellied woodpeckers. Basically, like your usual suspects for winter birds. I wish I could say I saw some early migratory birds, but I didn't see any. I I heard a couple birds out there that I didn't recognize, but I'll, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not. I'm still very much a beginner birder, so I I was not knowledgeable enough to to recognize those those bird calls. As far as I could tell, just yeah, run of the mill winter birds today, which is which is not to say that uh, they were unappreciated, because you know I like woodpeckers and cardinals as much as the next guy, but. Yeah, we didn't see any of any of the spring, you know, migratory birds in person yet. It's a little early still. There's still plenty of snowpack left on the trails out there. Something else I personally am really excited about is that the Interpretive Center at William O'Brien has opened back up and naturalist programs have started again. And if I had been a little more on top of planning this trip, we might have done it a little bit differently and taken the program that was being offered today. I can't remember what it was now, but it sounded really interesting. So make sure to check out the park's website before you go and see what they're offering for naturalist programs. Yeah, I don't know if we've mentioned that on our, our Humble podcast before, but uh, there isn't just like one like overarching DNR website. Every specific Minnesota State Park has its own website that'll give you, that'll give you, uh, you know, park-specific information about like what hikes are groomed during the winter, or like what kind of birds you ex- you can expect to see here in the in the, in the summer months, uh, etc. So definitely, you know, just use Google, <laughs> you know, use the internet, and uh, make use of the information that's provided on those on those park specific websites. Yeah, I know we have a couple of folks who have small kids who are interested in looking for places to take their families or to go camping with their families. I think that William O'Brien is a really solid park. We had. I'm thinking about our hiking experiences at this park, and we've had, there are some hills there, enough that you feel like you're getting a decent workout, and I have become a couch potato during the pandemic, so a decent workout bar has been lowered for me, but, you know, you feel like you get a decent workout in, but they're not technically difficult, they're just challenging to the point of being fun. Yeah, that was kind of my experience today is that, you know, despite the, the, a little bit of snow and ice still on the trails and despite the, uh, you know, the, the differences in elevation, you know, yeah, there are some hills. Uh, it was, I, I would still hesitate to call this like a challenging hike. Um, 
so I don't know. I guess that would make it you know pretty appropriate for for all skill levels of uh, of hiking. Uh, Kelly, and, we've mentioned this before. Kelly and I are not like the sort of people to to kind of push ourselves physically necessarily. We're out there to appreciate nature and appreciate the uh, the creatures that exist in it. We're not necessarily out there to to challenge ourselves physically to the point of uh, how would you put that? <laughs> the the point of like the breaking point. That, sure. That's that's not really like our that's not that's not what we're looking for. I know I know they're like you know, more extreme sort of hardcore campers out there who are trying to challenge themselves physically. And that's that's not really our approach to it. So I would say for that reason alone, William O'Brien is a great place to go if you're just a, just a, an adult person or if you're an adult who has uh, little ones, uh, this would be a great park to bring them to. Also, uh, at William O'Brien, there is a trail called the Beaver Lodge Trail. And guess what? There's a huge beaver lodge on it. And that's, you know, I I find those to be really interesting. So another great spot to take your kids to. I don't have a great deal more to say about this park for now, other than to say this is, you know, for, for a number of reasons, this is a park we plan on going back to again and again. Yeah, we've only, I've only been hiking Minnesota State Parks for a year and a half at this point, And I've already been here three times. So I'm averaging a visit every six months, if my math is correct. I didn't go to college, so maybe, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> But, you know, basically a couple times a year, I, I make it to William O'Brien. I don't know. Is there anything, do you have anything specific to say about, like, the wildflower activity here? I mostly think of it as, like, a good birding option because there's lots of great, you know, migratory birds in the summer. But do you know anything specific about, uh, yeah, a spring ephemerals or anything of that nature? Well, we've never been here in time for spring ephemerals, so I can't really talk to that. There were some of the usual suspects for prairie flowers and sort of woodland flowers. Um, Like I said, lots of blackberry bushes, some black-eyed Susans, lots of sumac is also out there, which is not a flower, but a tree, but still really beautiful. This is just such a worthwhile park. There's nothing, I think, terribly flashy about it. You know, when you think about the parks in sort of the northeast, so even more northeast than William O'Brien. They're dramatic and spectacular. And this park is just solidly pretty and has great trails and is just a good place to be. It's like a it's it's like the, the blue collar archetype of Minnesota State Parks, right? <laughs> yeah. So I will just finish by saying there are 130 campsites at this state park. So I'm sure they book up fast with the proximity to the Twin Cities. And just a reminder, you can book 120 days out and no farther out. I had to think farther versus further. Further, it's further. Yeah! <laughs> farther, farther is distance. Further. I know this because there's a... Do you remember that movie? Um, what the hell is it? It's a Gus Van Sant movie, not Goodwill Hunting, but the one about the kid... No, I don't remember. Uh, Finding Forrester. Finding Forrester. There's a scene where uh, this college student challenges a professor because his professor misuses farther or further, one or the other. <laughs> and he tells him, uh, you know, farther it has to do with distance and further is like a matter of degree. And the professor's really upset because he doesn't like being shown up by a student. But anyway, right that's okay because <laughs> most people probably are bored by now. But yeah, farther, further, tomato, tomato. Doesn't matter. Book a campsite here as soon as you can. All right. That's uh, episode seven of Adventure Within Reason. Uh, we, we don't know what our next adventure is going to be because it's always kind of a toss up. But we, we want to thank the people who 
participated in our Facebook survey. We did something new for the first time this time, which was we we kind of had like a you know a short list of state parks we wanted to visit that were in close proximity to Minneapolis, and we let the you know our listeners on our Facebook group decide. So if you're on Facebook, join the Adventure Within Reason podcast group page, and you too can determine where we go uh, on a uh, you know a freewheeling Saturday in the future. So thank you everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.